Hi, welcome to the Actual Play Podcast. This is Court of Blades, a very special episode of Court of Blades, the GM's turn. This is episode two, where Drake and I get together on his Discord server and track all the movements of the various houses of Ilrian. So we look at their strengths, we look at their agendas, we see what they're after, and we show you, or we demonstrate, I guess, how the GM would go about setting up the world after the first session and really putting things in motion and seeing what uh, schemes each of the houses have and how the coterie will interact with them or, or some possible ways the coterie will interact with them. I hope you enjoy this walkthrough with Drake and I as we get into all the nitty gritty details for each of the houses. Hi, and welcome to Actual Play Court of Blades, the GM turn. Um, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, I'm Sean Nittner. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me everywhere at Sean Nittner. Um, as usual, uh, proceeds from the show uh, are donated to um, Black Lives Matter and the Trans Legal Defense Fund. And so if you send money or subs or cheer or whatever our way, that's where we'll go. We appreciate it. Um, uh, today is going to be a short uh, episode as we uh, go through, uh, uh, not, not, I don't know that the GM turn is a unique part of Court Blades, but it's, it's something that not a lot of Forging in the Dark games have. So I wanted to put it on stream so people could see what this looks like. Um, Sean, introduce yourself. Tell us all about it. I will. Uh, hi, I'm Sean Drake. I'm one of the co-authors of uh, Court of Blades. Um, the GM's turn here for Court of Blades is kind of my baby, so I got elected to uh, to run it. Also, I'm running the the, um, the actual play here, so it's my responsibility anyway. Hi, I'm Sean Drake. I'm uh, I use he/him pronouns as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Drake and Dice or at uh, Itchio at a couple of Drakes at Itchio. So, um, but what I really wanted to do, I just wanted to get the GM turn here. This uh, this first setup of Ilrian that kind of makes it live and breathe, and I wanted to bring Sean Nittner along with me while I did that. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, I say as I'm a guest on your stream. <laughs> Happy to be. Yeah. Um, okay. So the first thing that we have to do to kind of get Ilrian set up is uh, define our opposition. So we know all about hospitality. We know that we have strengths, we have um, territory in the Necropolitan Hill. Um, we need to know what everybody else's strengths are and where their focuses of power, where their spheres of influence are. So I figured we'd start at the top. Is that okay with you? With Sounds great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, um, for what it's worth, uh, Sean does all this stuff in Discord. So that's what we're showing, that's what we've got right now. And uh, I'm on his uh, disc, I'm on their disc, the, the, the Drake's Discord server. And uh, we're gonna be bouncing around between a couple, couple channels, but that's where everything's stored. Sean's using a few Blades in the Dark, and clock bots to do uh, to do this stuff as well. Yeah, the uh, the hacked in the dark Discord, the Blades in the Dark Discord has been really helpful for running games, um, especially like my weekly game. Uh, and since then, now I just use Discord as like my GM binder. Um, but oftentimes, like this is really easy just to kind of keep a, a little notebook or you know a deck of index cards or anything like that. The idea of the of the the GM's turn um, was to make the the living breathing world of Ilrian. Uh, really, really easy to run. Like a lot of times, anytime you're doing like a social intrigue game, uh, you'll have a lot of different plates spinning. You're going to try and, you know, make concrete progress on a whole bunch of different fronts. And I wanted to make 
this something that could be you know set up in 15 minutes so that you can get back to the table with an idea of what you're going to do like if you come through a social season and the night's not over yet and you need to you know get the party moving again you need to get the coterie out on their next errand uh this is a really easy way to see how the, the you know city shifts over the course of the season and uh and change things okay so like i said first thing with house lavelle um we need to decide which of their strengths intelligence magic or wealth um is going to get dropped it's like uh, house Vitalia got two of them um now i'm spitballing i like wealth and magic since they are the arcane gossip mongers of wealth and taste mm -hmm. um but i could also see like magic and intelligence yeah uh it would be we didn't choose wealth either and it might be it might say something if there's several houses that don't have wealth that esoltare is um having problems right like that the nobles are because wealth is just such a typical thing you assume the nobles will have like it's just such a common thing and um i wouldn't say exclude it in all cases but it might be interesting if there's several houses that are having financial trouble just because that could then there's the question of why like what yeah. happened or what's going on um and it might be an interesting area of like well this is where some of the houses can bond because they're all you know that there, there's a source that's draining their wealth or preventing them from gaining it and so that that interests me the idea of like intelligence and magic just, just or maybe not in Lavelle but like in some of the houses also not not choosing wealth yeah I, I think that's that's actually super cool I guess just kind of to hammer this hammer this home for you Sean um if Core were to give Cipriana two strengths that she could lord over them Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Right. What what do you think those strengths, which one of those would hurt more? Like the fact that they can outspend you, uh, that they, you know, know everything before you do, or that they wield magic that is just way beyond the can of anything that Hospitalia can come can bring. Oh bear. yeah. Well, the thing that would kill Core at, at her heart is 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 Cipriana knowing more than her, like being more well informed, being faster to the punch. Because Core, although she's a Bravo, she definitely identifies herself by her, by her mental acuity more than her physical prowess. Uh, and she wants to be an, a lawyer. She wants to become an advocate, and she want, And she's been trying really hard to have all the right connections. So somebody who has knowledge of information before she gets it would 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 get in her craw very uh very very badly okay. uh, magic it's devastating they have to have intelligence now yeah yeah totally uh 100 agree yeah the other two kind of yeah either one but i know knowledge would be would be the killer for her okay i'm gonna give them intelligence and magic because typically because it says arcane gossip mongers of wealth and taste i take wealth just as a as a matter of course putting yeah. around but uh, this time I'm going to go magic because I think cool. that this is a weird, weird Batalia game where things arcane are happening. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay, and House Lavelle has strengths and in intelligence and magic. Let's talk about House Yolanda. Cool. And just out of curiosity, are you, let's see, let me pull up Lavelle. Yeah, we have their strengths marked down underneath their uh, underneath their their three stats: their reach, grasp, and slight. We'll talk about those in a moment. Excellent, excellent. I'm just making sure I'm showing the right thing. So I'm just switching to the Lovell channel. 
Uh, and yeah, perfect. Okay, so yeah. where are we going to now? Irlanda? We're going to the house Irlanda, the second house in the city. So these guys have intelligence, transport, and supply. Um, I think that it makes sense. I like them to kind of be a, uh, a foil to House Vitalia because House Vitalia has that kind of monopoly on transport in the city. Um, I like the idea that these might be the people who can who can match you gesture for gesture in that. Absolutely. And I think another a really good um, like like we move we have we have transport and force. We can move we can move people around, but you know it's a hell of a lot more useful than moving people all the time. It's moving stuff. Um, so if they had transport and supply, I could see that as a really strong, um, as my really strong combo. Course, yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Okay. This is going quick. I like this. Um, we seem to, to be pretty simpatico here. Uh, Corvetto, the majestic tyrants, um, are good at transport, magic, and wealth. Uh, I think these might be our wealthy guys. Um, yeah. I think what is Corvetto's, what is Corvetto's uh, short little shtick? The Majestic Tyrants. Yeah, these are mm. this is an old family of mystery and uh, and I think wealth. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Their house words are under our wings. Can they have, you know, um, I like the, 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 um, are you a fan of the John Wick series? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the stupid like coin currency in John Wick is really interesting to me. I think it's like ridiculous. I, I It seems like maybe you get like one coin for killing somebody, but he like paid like one coin per body that was cleaned up. I'm like, clearly the coins, there's a currency there that is not exactly explicit on the on screen. murder currency. Yeah, but I love the idea that like maybe House Corvetto has these like um, ancient pre-Esseltare, um, treasure trove, right? And so, like, anytime their money gets like sent around, like everybody knows it because it's like nobody has it. Like, there's an old trove, and the money is so worth something, but like they're the only one who has access to it. And they sort of have cornered the market on this currency. So if you're dealing in it, it just has a lot of weight in the because it's got all this like history and tradition, which of course Vitaglia would care about, and they because we care about honor and tradition. But I don't know. I'm just envisioning them having this like old mint that no one else uh, that no one else does. It's, it's we can't expunge the Corvetto currency, but we can right. you know glower at it like that's eh, not a Fiore. That's not yeah. Exactly. Um, and I mean, it makes sense because like their, their special abilities, our reputation precedes us, right? Like, yeah, right. And no one would dare refuse a Corvetto coin. God, no, 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 no. But still, yeah. you could grumble about it. It doesn't spend quite the same. Yeah, I think I think wealth and magic for these guys. Oh, I dig it, yeah. Yeah, okay. This is magic heavy. I mean, we have to equip as many people as possible with magic. Well, we've got, we are on Necromancer Hill, right? So yeah, having lots of people interested in magic makes all sorts of sense. All right. Corvetto has been dealt with. Uh, Maurizi for the next one. The, the tower built of spit and spite are good at force, supply, and intelligence. Um, These were the mercenary folks that sort of came uh, originally as as mercs and have and have and have claimed a. Uh, 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 a house or yeah so they they came over as mercenaries decided that Ilrian was uh was a good place to like you know set up shop basically 
and they became over time so wealthy and powerful uh, playing against, you know, the various houses of Ilrian that they rose as kind of a house in their own right. Nice. Um, which makes me think force, uh, but maybe they were just trickier. They were just trickier than anybody else. Oh, uh, there's gotta be at least another, like, it's gotta be an, uh, at least, an, I, I want at least one more that's got force because it feels like, uh, um, uh, you know, Bataglia, that's, that is one of our strengths. And I wanna see that, that butt up against somebody. Um, yeah. I, I could see them not having force if they settled a long time ago and they've kind of gotten, They've, they've rested on their laurels a little bit, but um, I don't know. I like it. I like going with the obvious thing sure. in a lot of cases. And I Every think... so often, right? Just because really you just want somebody that Core gets to fight later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I saw on, uh, on Navi's Stars and Wishes she, that she wants to see Core fight somebody. So Yeah, she's like, I wonder what your style is. I'm like, yeah, I wonder what my style is too. We'll, we'll I wonder what your style is. I can't yeah. wait. Um, yeah, I have some I, ideas. It, it, I, I'm glad she said it because I hadn't even thought about it. So I was like, okay, I should start thinking about this because there are so many fun dueling styles. She plays a Bravo in my weekly game. Like she's got a vested interest. Nice. All right. I think force and supply. Like you have a bunch of bunch of soldiers, the ability to project force within the city and outside the city. Right. Everybody knows that an army marches on its stomach. Whoever can produce the more bullets, beans, and bandages is going to win the war. Yeah. Um, whereas you can get your troops anywhere. I think that House Maurizi is best at keeping like a concerted effort for a long time. Nice. Like once once they dig in, once they start, you know, assaulting, it doesn't stop. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we talked about it, but I to me the 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 combination of force and and um, and transportation really like smacks of cavalry. But it also like I don't know what the like I don't know how much clockwork steampunk sort of technology exists here um because i could also see like gliders or other sorts of um you know just depending on what the technology level is other sorts of uh transportation technology that is not commonly uh, absolutely yeah, it varies varies game to game but i've definitely seen like a, a steampunk tank rampage through the city once. yeah i'd love us to have a big ass zeppelin i think that'd be sweet fully with you know helium you know uh, uh with hydrogen rather uh that it could just explode at any time oh, the humanity. yeah awesome. but, you know force and transport be able to take a zeppelin and drop an army on someplace it's pretty cool they'll never see it coming <laughs> unless they look up you know what year it is? Who looks up? Right. I actually don't know what year it is anymore. All right. That leaves 20, us 20,000, I think. <laughs> that leaves us with best gen to figure out strengths for, and then we'll start carving up the city into uh, into smaller little chunks. Cool. Uh oh, best gen. The rising tide. Um, they have force, they have magic, they have supply. Uh, I think we just gave Maritzi both force and supply. Mm -hmm. um, we could do we could do force and magic and make them both kind of like a uh, yeah a that sounds fun for, force for good in both directions yeah we, well having having a few uh, having a few military powers to you know if you have two they can get stuck at loggerheads if you have three then you always kind of you can't invest all of it if if you were to come to an open confrontation you can't invest all of your uh, your efforts in one place because you never know. I watch your back. Yeah, yeah. And Bastian is the one right above us as well, which is kind of rough. I Bastian is like the good guys, if there was any of this 
of this setting and uh, the idea of like immediately trying to take them down sounds, I don't know. I, I wanna I wanna find I wanna form a uh, alliance and and uh, see if we can climb the ladder together. But we'll see. See that would be cool. That would be cool. But remember, there can only be one first house. So yeah. at the end of it all, come down to well, one of us is gonna have to uh, gonna have to take number two, right? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. We got a while to figure that. Out. That that's a future house Pataglia problem. That, sure that. is. Sure is. Yeah. By uh, by that point, you should be very comfortable in the house, right? Yeah. Um, so force and magic, so they can kind of disrupt the status quo in both directions, appeals to me, um, yeah. and to you as well. Yeah, I think that sounds great. Okay, let's let's set it in uh, in type then, and then we'll talk about spheres of influence. So if you want to want to jump over to the spheres of influence real quick, uh, that's where the uh, the main action is going to be happening in the next ten minutes or so. Got it. And let me see if I can pull up the beautiful map you have as well. Um, badly, badly need to actually give this this game a map that it deserves. Oh, I think having anything that is usable is fantastic. I don't, I, I'm, I, I mean, yes, well, you know, at some point you have a really pretty published one, but, but uh, in the beginning, just having something functional is great. Absolutely. So, okay. Uh, hide that for a moment while I pull up the map in roll 20. But you you keep going while I... All right. So we know that the palace, uh, the current prince of the city, uh, because every every house has its own prince, and prince is a gender-neutral term. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the current prince of the city, the, the person holding court, is a Lavelle. So the palace is theirs. We know that you guys have the Necropolitan Hill. House Battaglia holds the Necropolitan Hill. But we've got... 19 other spheres of influence to uh, to distribute so every house gets um you know basically every time they they rise um they get a new sphere of influence so the sixth house has one the fifth house has two the uh, fourth house has three and so on um so hospitality unfortunately you guys are going to have to content yourself with holding the creepy hill with the deathless uh until you right. rise to fifth house in the city so is that what uh, is a point of curiosity? Is that a um, both a prescriptive and a descriptive status? So meaning, if you go up in status, you're given a place, but if you take a place by force or some other means, you also go up in status. By like, is that is that the? So so the notion is that, that you gain the um, you gain the uh, the the perks and the um, acknowledged control of the sphere of influence mm -hmm. when you rise in station. Um, you you gain it uh, by by you know gaining reputation and renown, uh, right. the house growing in power. Um, you do seize it from somebody, right? And as yeah. you see it, that might be that might be the thing that actually puts you up and over the top. It'll still belong to them in name, but it'll be yours as far as um, as it. far as the fiction goes, right? But until everybody just agrees that ah yes, that is that is House Battaglia's territory. Um, you know, it'll still be somebody else's in the eyes of the prince, right? Yeah. But that being said, what do we think Bastien holds in uh, in in Ilrian? Because I'm I'm tempted to say maybe the artist's quarter, or um, maybe even like uh, maybe the trader's gate, maybe. 
maybe something maybe something that um hinges on you know public opinion the granary perhaps mm-hmm. i was thinking the granary as well uh, or the plaza um but you know one of the things i kind of like the idea of uh, also is something that is really essential like the docks and the reason why yeah. is that if you hold on to something really really critical um it doesn't matter how much the other houses like you or not you're 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 performing this like absolutely fundamental role that they they have to be like well they have someone's, to take seriously yeah someone has to do that so i think what what is the trader's gate so the trader's gate is kind of the back way into into Ilrian. anybody of importance anybody who is invited and like potentates and anybody um mm-hmm. is mostly coming in from calray um where where the dread emperor kind of came came through down into Ilrian. um he ordered this this grand gate to be constructed and that's there's the the white road ahead and it's you know very well nice. kept the trader's gate kind of comes up through the rebel foothills um or not not the rebel the uh, the necropolitan hill so past kind of the the spooky rocky country and in through kind of the south um so it's it's typically where mercenaries enter it's where um you know uh anybody trying to access the foreign quarter or uh, or the twist or anything like that is yeah. going to be coming through it's not where the nobility or the quality comes through yeah yeah, so I think I think any one of these because I get two. I think any one of the Grand Gate, the Traitor's Gate, or the Docks all makes sense because if they're controlling one of those three, you just you can't dispute their necessity. Um, and then some, they could have something else that was like the granary or the the the. I really like the idea of them holding the Traitor's Gate because it makes sense that they're your nearest rival and they're also your nearest geographically, right? If yeah, absolutely. You're right, right up up close and neighbor. Right, right. Every time they're going by, we're looking down on the hill, being like, "Yep, hey, what's going on?" Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. Right. Let's do the Traitor's Gate and the Granary then. I'm going to go ahead and update. Cool. Are these, are we ordered in, in Discord? Are we ordered in order of tier? We are, uh, yeah. So Lavelle okay. top, then Irlanda, uh, Corbetto, Maurizzi, Bastien. So all of the Marshall, all of the Marshall um, houses are the lowest ranking, which is interesting. Um, it is, yeah. Yeah, it, seem, it seems like, uh, I know anything about the way sometimes generals just say like, um, this city is now mine? Yeah. Because I have all the soldiers and you can't do anything about it. Uh, I could see I could see uprisings of that nature. Uh, not I, that I necessarily want to instigate it, but I could totally see if you if you um, the, the people with the with the swords, but not the coin going like I could just use the sword to take the coin. Uh, the gold has no provenance, but swords have even less so. Like that's <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's it, it shakes down this way every now and then, where we've got a whole bunch of uh, very martial folk down on on the bottom. Yeah, we'll see how um, how the the clocks that we roll up for these guys' initial objectives kind of supports or kind of hedges away from that narrative, and then we'll yeah. talk through it. Okay, um, so Maritzi get three uh, individual pieces. Um, what do we what do we think? Like I like the idea that uh, that somebody Marshall holds the docks mm-hmm. or the arsenal. 
Arsenal makes a lot of sense because they have both they have both a force and supply. So that seems like a really a good like justification or explanation for it. Sure. Um, what are the what are the canals? The canals are are kind of the lifeblood of the city. Um, if you hold the canals, basically it's yours to tax. It's yours to uh, to kind of um, you know regulate uh, traffic as it goes through. Yeah, uh, things like that. Like that's kind of the the fictional. Uh, it's almost that um, you know I knight you, Lord of all of the sewage and Lord water. Of, like yeah, that. Lord of tax, the Lord of taxation. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, I think. Oh, there's there's a lot of good ones. I I could see it being. I, I could see, I, I don't know if, it, it seems like somebody with wealth might control the market. Um, yeah, uh, I could see that there. But um, the I do think, what's that? The foreign, the foreign quarter is kind of like the the secondary market. It's mm -hmm. also like where anybody who is has like a delegation or a, a diplomatic uh, mission to Ilrian would like find quarters and lodging. Yeah. Um, that might be might be something, especially if they came as, you know, conquering mercenary princes. Yeah, I like that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, give him foreign quarter. It's it's a lot, but I think giving him the docks makes total sense as well. It kind of all fits. Give him the docks too. All right, you'll live to regret it later. You cut out a tiny bit because of <laughs> it's all right. You'll 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 live to regret it later. Oh oh oh, <laughs> oh no! I don't like any of these choices. Uh, no, yeah, these would all be great for Hospitalia to own, right? Yeah. Um, we, instead, we have to. I love that we're just like, okay, there's all these practical things that we could have, like the gates. Like the, no, we have the we have the creepy hill. That's we cool. have the biggest graveyard. It's like it's like starting as Australia at a risk. You're just it really like, well, is. I've got my little thing here. No just one's gonna up, mess with build it. Build up, build up, and build. All right. So Corvetto gets four. Um, I am tempted. Uh, for Corvetto to say that they own the canals. Um, yeah. I'm exactly. also tempted to say that they own the twist. Um, the kind of the, the uh, poor side, cheap side, the place where all like kind of the shady backroom deals mm -hmm. and things go on. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I could also see like the silk, the red light district, or even like owning the lotch as sort of like the kind of cloak and dagger uh, nobody's real sure what they're up to, but they they control the watch. Yeah, I dig that. I think I think controlling the 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 canals and the watch. I mean, if you control both the cops and the fair trade, um, we could leave someone. We could leave the twist and the silk up to someone else who that they necessarily have to parlay with each other because sure. they're so immersed in one another. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think Silk might end up being like Lavelle. Um, mm -hmm. The gossip mongers owning the red light district just makes so much sense. Totally. I'm actually going to go ahead and write that in right now. That's okay. Yeah. I also think Corvetto might have um, might have either the university or the temples. I feel like there's a there's a history of Corvetto that would be enshrined in a building like a an old university or an old temple. Like I feel like some of that. So that's one of the places where you can go, let's say you go to the university and you would see like a giant statue of the Corvetto founder. And like, there'd be halls named after various Corvetto family, you know, various people that are, you know, been in the family. It's a way to sort of flaunt 
your not only your wealth but also your history your history um, exactly i love that yes um they're absolutely the biggest patrons of the university yeah totally because their version of history is the one that gets taught then yeah exactly and I mean, if people actually ever go about reading or pay attention, that's a powerful tool. I want to give them the garden too, because it's sort of like the public green space. It's mm. um, nice. basically the, the the gardens of treachery from from Game of Thrones, mm. uh, and I think it makes total sense that Corvetto has their has their you know power there. They've always got their uh, their agents provocateur kind of wandering around and keeping ears out and things like that. Where do they where do they draw most of their money from besides the canals? Canals are obvious like taxing, but I wonder if they if they if if going to university is stupid expensive, if the gardens are where like illicit deals are set up and they have like finder fees, if the watch just freaking just runs people down and extorts people for money. I kind of think that they need to have at least two really solid sources. The canals is the obvious one, but it feels to me like yeah, I think, I think um, the pressure that they can put on people through the watch mm -hmm. uh, and, and the university and the canals, all of those are key money-making ventures. Yay, student, ridiculous student fees and <laughs> cops that extort people. And uh, yeah, no, this isn't our own personal apocalypse. All right. Less reality, more fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> but I can stab somebody. So, you know, it's that's that's the agency that we want here. It's not it's not that we don't want bad things. We just want to be able to punch them. Um, awesome. So right. we have Erlanda uh, uh, and Lavelle left. So let's do Erlanda. Um, I think that it makes total sense to give them uh, the market, the arbor, um, maybe the bank. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Lavelle should have the bank because they don't have wealth. And I think, uh, yeah, I like the market and the arbor. The bank does all sound good. Um, I also think that they could have the grand gates. They get four, right? They do indeed. Yeah, I think Orlando's uh, strength is transport and supply, and I feel like they have total access to what, what comes in and out. Since, since that's the only, that's, I imagine the Grand Gate and the docks are the two most, are the areas where the, the biggest um, amount of shipments and product are coming through. Totally. All right. Well, in that case, that makes Lavelle really easy to fill in. Yeah. It's like that. Yep. Nice. All right. I like so, that they have the temple and the palace. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a, a nice. That's sign. scary, isn't it? Yeah. It's very scary. Yeah. They've also got the theaters and they've got, uh, got, you know, the, the cheap side, they've got the twist, they've got the silk. So they've got you coming, going, they've got you, yeah. uh, it, you know, at work, at play, they've got you when you pray, they've got you when you vote, they've got, they've got you every which way. No yeah. wonder sitting at the top of the heap. Yep. 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 Okay. Yep. Well, good news is the hard part is is now over. That is actually the uh, the biggest uh, stumbling block when you start set up a new game of Court of Blades, um, establishing the fiction of who owns what and why. Uh, now we get to do the the really easy part that happens every three sessions, where we start rolling some dice and seeing 
what everybody's kind of up to. And this is the part that is supposed to go really, really fast. Um, so I'm just going to go into each one of these and I'm going to roll 46s. I'm going to consult some roll charts in the back of the book. Um, and then we're going to build some fiction around these really, really short kind of punchy um, prompts. And then that'll be a family done. Um, cool. So we'll start with Lavelle. Sounds good. All right. So I got one, two, six, one. And it's a success. Did you see that? I did. <laughs> good job. All right. Um, so how subjective is there at the back? It's on page 211, if you want to follow along in the Google Doc at home. Yeah, um, I will. I'm pulling it up as we speak. Um, oh, I completely forgot to uh, to walk through what the, the house stats are, because you need you need stats if you're going to roll dice, right? Uh, uh, yeah. So sure. yeah. Every, every house has, uh, has three stats for their, um, their, you know, basically how they, they play as the AI houses, right? Um, so they have reach, they have grasp, and they have slight. Reach is the ability to uh, project influence um, outside and inside of Ilrian. So anything that is expanding your sphere of influence, um, trying to, um, you know, basically send out tendrils or put out feelers or anything like that. Anytime you're trying to uh, kind of grasp above your station, you're going to be rolling reach. Anything that is coincidentally uh, going to be um, reaching out and actually trying to um, take hold of something, to, to uh, seize power, to um, project force, anything like that, that's going to be grasp. And then slight is how to um, you know, keep your um, your objectives veiled, how to keep your your um, your uh, secrets and and skullduggery and things like that. So uh, every house every house has three points of um, one of the or three points spread among these three. Got uh, and when they roll on these clocks, they roll those dice plus their strength if they have an appropriate strength. This will become clear. Right. <laughs> it uh, it sounds weird in when I try and explain it. When I do it, it is going to make perfect sense. Okay. Nice. So, so we're going. To Go I'm ahead. on page 211, is that right? Correct. Yeah. Right. Pull that up. So we're going to do a six-part reach clock. We're going to undercut the competition. We're going to undercut the competition through wealth. We're going to undercut the competition through wealth against a minor house. Okay, we can do this. I haven't quite pulled it up for everyone to see yet. It's almost there. Okay, there we go. Now it finally showed. All right, so table one. Uh, what was our numbers again? Sorry, I'm trying to show everything. One, one, two, six, one. All right, so you went one, and that was a six-part reach clock. Part reach. Two was six-part reach clocks. So we go undercut the competition. And then uh, uh, let's, let's scroll. Um, and then what was six and one? Where did you find those out? Just so six and one is on the next page. Uh, six is going to be, uh, we're going to determine what the strength required for this. Um, Got it, with wealth. Resource is going to be wealth. And then one down on the little wealth chart. Is a minor house. Got a it. minor house. So we're going to undertake a modestly long-term goal to undercut a minor house and basically um, either accrue wealth, take their wealth, ensure that nobody else has wealth, something like that. Got so this it. is 
this is what the prompt looks like. And then we can build fiction on these uh, as they come out. Yeah. Um, so this is this is a clock that over the course of seasons they'll be rolling on. And as as the dice come up, the uh, the agenda advances and the city changes. So I think that um, this is going to be. I think this might be something tied to tied to Irlanda, one of the uh, the people that are existing in kind of the Irlanda space, as Lavelle is trying to make inroads into Irlanda's uh, spaces, right? So I'm going to pull up our spheres of influence for Irlanda, and we've got Irlanda in the market. I'm going to go to just real quick the spheres of influence in detail, and pull up the market and see who is holding the market right now. Okay, beautiful. So the Fortunato Trade Company, I think that House Lavelle is trying to put some pressure on the Fortunato Trade family in hopes that it damages um, House Yolanda. Is that, yeah. that check with you? Yeah, I think um, their big, um, their, their strengths are intelligence and magic. And it seems to me like the trading company um, may not have, uh, may have been, may have violated some sanctions, may have uh, passed off some goods, may have, or, or rather have, have a practice. They probably have some illegal or unsavory practice that they've learned about and they can use that to yeah. manipulate them. Um, and cause everybody does, everybody's got something, but they, I think, it makes sense that they, they they found out about it and now they can try and use that as leverage. Okay, so I have a clock that is the Fortunato Trade Federation uh, in Lavelle. Um, I think that the fiction around this is because they are they are magical. They're probably uh, trying to have magically enforceable contracts uh, mm -hmm. that they're seeding among the Fortunato Trade Federation. So that's that's good grist for for later um, errands and engagements because all we have to do is catch wind of this and we as as players can actually go and impact these. If we if we actually, you know, get in front of these, then we can make it so they can't roll any dice on these because this is how this is how houses advance. They get ticks on warring clocks as they complete these objectives. Mm -hmm. um, so we're establishing these things. Uh, a downtime action that we can take at any time during downtime uh, is to find out what the other houses are up to. And then you can actually spend an errand to go and, and get in front of that. So have you, uh, have you read the dictator's handbook? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's uh, the, one of the, the biggest takeaways I got from that. I, I worked on, I, I read that when I was working on broken spire. It's a really, it's a great, it's a terrifying great book. But one of the biggest things that took away from that was anytime you are not actively working on securing your power base, you are giving, creating opportunity for others to take it from you. So the, the, the role of someone in power is to stay in power. It's nothing else. It's not to look out for the people they govern. It's not to, it, at least according to the dictator's handbook. Uh, so yeah. be securing your essentials yeah. and marginalizing everybody else. It's exactly. All yeah basically a, a how-to for psychopaths i love it yeah uh, it's it's all terrifying it, it's somewhat hopeful towards the very end but uh it takes a long time getting there 85 percent of that book is just like oh my god this world sucks and it sucks by design uh all right so cool okay. <laughs> so irlanda uh next 
uh, rolled a critical. They got two, six, six, six. So obviously the devil is with them. Yeah. Um, we're going to do a six part grasp clock. We are going to force a weakness. We're going to force a weakness with wealth. We are going to force a weakness with wealth at a party. Nice. Six part glass hearts, force a weakness. Wealth at a party. Cool. So uh, the last one, you got a you got a little direction, which was a minor house. So you kind of had a you kind of had a a, a good place to get started and trying to figure out what the the fictional uh, explanation for this is. But with this one, you've got a party, so you don't really have anything specific to the setting, unless you kind of look at locations and go, well, where do they have? Where are the biggest parties, etc. Um, yeah, and these are these are supposed to be supposed to be vague enough to where we can, you know, basically play with things until it feels right. Uh, sort of dialing things in. And obviously, I'll I'll take um, what we roll for our coterie, uh, which is basically when I when I do these, I'll either take something that's suggested from one of the um, example errands in the book, or I'll uh, I'll you know basically roll up objectives for Lavelle just like I would anything else, and uh, kind of monkey with it as well until eventually it feels right, but. The idea is that they're supposed to be little seeds, right? Um, when I see force of weakness, wealth at a party, I'm thinking that um, either they're trying to secure a, a very um, difficult to pin down business contact, and the way they do that is basically showing them a good time. Mm -hmm. um, they might be entertaining like a foreign diplomat. Uh, they might be entertaining. They could even be. They could be um, making overtures with one of the the bigger factions. Um, it might be that they are actually, we've got, we've got, um, uh, holidays, minor holidays for Ilrin in the book here. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe they're supply, they're, um, entertaining on one of these holidays. Yeah. I think they're trying to woo. I think that they're trying to woo somebody who is loyal to another house. Um, not loyal rather, who's, who's primarily doing transactions with another house and, Maybe that other house has debts with, or there's something unfavorable about them. But I like the idea of a powerful merchant that's from outside of Ilrin that controls, um, uh, th that uh, you know, that ha the, being the the first one to get their wares or having them be dedicated to you would would represent a lot of uh, temporal power outside the city. I love it. I like that a lot as well. I'm thinking maybe like a, a Berlin, like a like a Jewel Cities, um, a Jewel Cities merchant, dispossessed yeah. and kind of looking for a place to set up shop. And Irlanda is like, "Come to us, please. Right. We will fine and dine you until you want to make us all the money." Yep. Who do you think they're trying to steal them from? Because I don't think they would go through all this effort if this person wasn't hotly. Or who do you think they're contesting with? If if not trying to steal from. Seems like another house would be involved to me. I you know, know that like, that's not in the roll up, but I feel like. I like starting crap like that. So I'm thinking Maurizi because they also have supply. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking they're they're taking taking from Maurizi. Yeah. Are you on board with that? Yeah, I love it. That sounds great. Okay, so we're going to have Wu Maurizi craftsman. Oh, Luke had through a through a good through uh, through a good idea idea out there showing someone a good time. And luring them into doing something regrettable that could be black uses blackmail later. Sounds, ah, chef's kiss. Sounds about right. 
All right. And so now Ron Corvetto. Stay on our line. Yes, we are. I'm just trying to get my syntax right here. Yep. I don't know the uh, the clocks in the dark font syntax. There you go. There it is. I finally. I, I have to keep the uh, the titles small. Oh, All got right. it. Yeah. How's Corvetto? Um, we are going to roll bang for. Ooh, so many crits. I know this is why I, I'm not allowed to play anymore. Yeah, I feel yeah. Oh, I was I wasn't showing everybody. Sorry, sorry everybody. Um, this is Arlanda, and uh, we've got the Wu, the Maritzi Craftsman, and uh, here's Corvetto. We just rolled six one six one, so they are. They have an eight part slight clock to disrupt an important union using wealth and a mother, a minor house again. Okay, this is really cool because I think in this in this part, um, I think Corvetto get to be get to be real heels here. I think that we are doing like classic Romeo and Juliet. They're disrupting not just a union, but like these two two young lovers, and I think I think they might be trying to secure their own house. Um, you know, kind of pushing away a, uh, a minor house who was trying to marry into the family. Mm. I'm trying to decide who I want that to be. Yeah, seems like it's a slate clock, right? So it's their goal is in doing this, they're hoping to hide, keep their secrets hidden and, and, and keep Maybe them make themselves look like the aggrieved ones. They might yeah. be trying, yeah. They might be, they may be publicly embracing some minor house and uplifting them while privately trying to set it up, uh, set them up for as the fall so that they look like they're such noble people for taking these, you know, less wealthy folks in. And then, oh, you never, you, that's what always happens whenever you try to lift somebody up is that they bite the hand that feeds them and look what horrible people they are. We wanted to help them, but. Now that, now that you're saying this, I think it has to be the Brits a lot of crime family. I think they're trying. I think they're trying to co-opt the Breeds a lot of crime families' assets and all of their their various things because they they need that wealth. They need nice. to. Nice. They need are to. They, are they known? Uh, are they are they are they known as the Breeds a lot of crime family? Like is that? A are a perfectly legitimate crime family. <laughs> nice. Yes, they are. They're upstanding. They, uh, they they take care of the twist. But they are definitely involved in some things that are on the sketchy side. We just can't right. prove it. We can't right. prove it. Right. So this, they can't say we're trying to we're trying to uh, redeem criminals, um, but they can say you know we're we're trying to lift lift this, this minor house up, and everyone knows that it's you know everyone knows they're criminals. Yeah, I love it. So, and it makes so that when it all goes wrong, no one will be surprised. Oh, absolutely not, absolutely not. And but it'll be just as the Corvetto meant it to. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna dig it. I'm wedding. I have a question about um, 
the uh, the the machinations of players, right? Because I think if you have a bunch of if you have a bunch, you know, if you're looking at sort of like Game of Thrones style storytelling, that there's well that between the books and the movies that that it's sort of gone all over the place. There's sort of a couple different sentiments one might take away from it. One is either you play the game and you're just as nefarious as everyone else or you lose. And if you try to have any sense of honor or nobility or virtue uh, of any kind, you're just creating opportunities for your opponents. Uh, and the other one is if you play the really, really, really long game, um, you can still maintain your values to some degree uh, and went out in the end, but it, it's it's super hard to do. And I mean, I think, you know, we see like Ned Stark is like the naive example of that, but I think Tyrion Lannister is meant to be the, you know, non-naive long-term example of like someone who's not a complete tool of a human being, but has to play all these games to sort of sustain themselves. And I, I, I wonder from the perspective of, you know, play experience, like to what degree players are in that role where if they want to survive in this world, they have to be just as cutthroat as all of the heels that they're around, or if they have a little bit more agency to try and be decent people. It depends. It, it certainly depends. I've had people who have gleefully served House Corvetto and just kind of like gotten into the whole, like, if there's a back, we'll stab it. Um, yeah. But I've also had people play House Bastion and I've had them, you know, work toward uh, you know, undoing this kind of tangled web of politics and trying to, uh, you know, we came real close to just disbanding the Esseltare altogether. Nice. Um, I think that I've had it go the other way, like basically swap the houses around and have it go just about the, the, the same direction, uh, but mm -hmm. from opposite sides. Um, there's a lot of, like you're, you're mechanically incentivized to, uh, to you know, we'll, the, the house will put jobs in front of you. Right. House will put jobs in front of you and say, this is what we need our coterie to do. But it's left open as far as like what your major objective for the season is. Um, right. If it's one of those things, the house will probably shower more favor on you. Mm -hmm. But by the same token, like you define your own objectives as long as it serves the house. If serving the house is like, um, Lavelle is about to engage in this horrible act of, uh, of you know, depraved sorcery, and we have to, we have to, you know, do something about that. Let's go steal grimoires this uh, this particular social season. That's our major objective. The house is like, well, we told you to go and and like go negotiate for better trade arrangements with with uh, with Iberica. What did what were you doing? No, you don't understand. This is okay but we're watching you like there's plenty of plenty of room to define your own fiction and a, a good gm um can take these tools that we have here and uh and you know spitball like hey guys this is what's going on this season but by the same token like the fiction is is something that happens at the table it's not what it's not what the gm is doing over here on on the side um yeah all i can do is give you kind of cool ideas to uh to start bouncing off of and then we get to see where, like that's that's basically what play to find out means for me. Nice. All right, I think I distract you. I I, I pulled you away from making more rolls, but I. Oh no, that's fine. 
Um, so I was just real quick going to throw throw down the uh, the prompts and then we can we can noodle with them. Um, and then we can talk about our first dossiers. All right, I see Maritzi's got uh, three, six, one, two, six part slight plan to play both sides using intelligence and a schematic. Yeah, I think um, playing both sides here is Maritzi is getting really cozy with Yolanda, trying to uh, help them court that, um, that uh, um, what do you call it? The uh, the craftsman mm -hmm. that they're trying to steal from uh, from Maritzi. Oh, Maritzi wow. knows this entirely and is going to make sure that that craftsman comes with none of the schematics that he has developed for uh, for House Maritzi. Oh dang! So they're going to pay. They're going to they're going to wine and dine, and they're going to pay all the stuff, and then they're going to they're going to get a, a dud. They're going to get a lamp. Yeah, exactly. All okay. all the, all of his best ideas. They're ours. Right. Sorry. You're you're more than welcome to to pay his pay his retainer. Yep. Dig it. And with Bastien, we've got an eight-part slate clock. Know the unknowable. Transport. What is the white road? So the white road is that that grand highway um, that extends from Ilrien about a hundred miles into Calray. Um, I think that somewhere on there, um, they are going to be working because they are. Oh, they are a magic house too, and they're knowing the unknowable. Maybe, maybe they find the um, the book of the long the long watch the uh, the thing that um, the sevenfold veils are looking for to wake the last deathless. Maybe they know where it is and it's on the white road. They have to find a way to secret it into the city, where yeah. they'll, uh, they'll be able to either turn a profit, use it, or something else. We'll see. That's not okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Especially since some folks just broke into our hill and like set uh, set um, just a, a bunch, bunch of critters. It's fine. A bunch of critters free. Uh, that, that could give us some immediate reason. I, I know we identified who the people were, and it would totally make sense if it was Bastien folks. If that was part of their, you know, testing out a spell to make sure it works before they take it out on the, the long road or something like that. Uh, they need to you know, see if it would break free this uh, lesser threat, this very much smaller threat, but uh, yeah, dig it. All right, so that's that. Now we need, um, we need four quick, um, four quick um, story seeds for ourselves. I already have one. I think cool. your, first, your first dossier is going to be um, to apologize properly to Cipriana. Um, oh yes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did kind of throw it in her face pretty hardcore. The first one, first one is going to be apologize to Cipriana. We'll roll for the other four because, or the other three, because I, I am kind. It's not just, okay. uh, not just making amends. I promise. Nice. Uh, and what, uh, what page is this? What are these? Um, the, it's the same same basic generator. I usually tweak um, gently just to make it more player facing rather than kind of long term. Got it. Um, but again, I, like I in the in the next revision, I want to uh, to make a separate um, a separate chart and generator that I can use to uh, to make these a little bit more tighter and more player facing. Mm -hmm. um, but these work 
these actually work pretty well. And I think you'll see that in just a second. So we're in roll two. I'm going to grab one from the Batalia, um, you know, suggested list, uh, and then apologize to Cipriana, and then we are ready to go. All right. Okay. Well, the first Battaglia opportunity, I think I I would lose. I would lose the Nor. Kristen would never forgive me if I didn't say a mercy is hunting some arcane creature in the arbor, and has called the house for oh, assistance. Yeah. Oh yeah. So just so I'm following along correctly, you rolled um, you rolled uh, one three one six, and you're using the same chart. You're using the same. So I've got I've got those two rolled up. We can uh, we can look at those. I'm just gonna use okay. the last three. So like the first one is gonna tell me what chart I'm I'm looking on um, to to get like my first impetus. Like it's not gonna be a big clock or anything like that. Right, it's right, going right. to be okay. a, a single errand, something that can be accomplished by the coterie. Um, so it'll be you know one three one six, but we're leaving the one kind of off, right? Right, right, because because it's not because it's not a clock. Got it. But it's still telling you which. So you're looking at the you're looking at the reach clocks, and so you, you three was acquired property. Okay, got it. I was just taking a second to to catch up. Thank you, because I'll I'll just blow through and oh yeah, obviously everybody understands that. Yeah, nice. All right, so a uh, we're gonna acquire property. We're going to acquire property with intelligence. We're going to acquire some kind of criminal. Hmm. I'm going to require criminal. We'll come back to that one. I, I have a nugget of an idea, but if you've got something for it, you sing out, okay? Well, the the thing that uh, the thing that occurs to me is whoever. Um, I mean, I I don't. I get the sense that a lot of these actions aren't meant to be necessarily following up on one another, but. I also, you know, we're, we're pattern matching machines. We can't help but do it. Oh, yeah. So I think about I things in, in relation to what, what's happened in the fiction so far. And I think finding out whoever sent, you know, these vagabond, these, these rogue sorcerers into our hill to uh, awaken the dead um, would totally be a house Vitaglia uh, agenda, right? Like, cause they're gone, but obviously somebody sent them. Uh, they're working on, on behalf of someone, so. Yeah. And I mean, House Castenio, um, the idea was that uh, House Castenio was, was the sixth house of the Esoteri. They've been pulled down, eaten from within mm. by this weird arcane conspiracy, right? Um, and we've stepped up into the gap. And I think our first, our first charge, our first call, call of duty here is figure out what happened with House Castenio. Like, why did mm. they all go nuts all of a sudden? And that totally makes sense. House Battaglia is charged with discovering the source of the rogue knack, um, you know, who who um, who supplied them, who directed them. Where where did this where did this come from? Because it's left field, and all of a sudden, ghouls. Now it's your problem. Congratulations, yeah. welcome to the Esoteric. I love that. Yep, take it. And one more. Sounds good. 
So we have a grass clock. We might get our fighty thing here. Uh, declare a public rivalry over some kind of formula. You look at a five one one three. Is that that's idea? it? Five one one three. So, right, so declare a public rivalry with intelligence for a formula. I think that this might be okay. Bird, walk with me for a second. Um, so formulas could be could be anything. This could be some sort of um, new alchemical. Uh, concoction or decoction that um, is kind of taking upper crust society by storm. But because we are the old house of martial valor and the, the problems of Ilrian break across our shields, uh, this, uh, this has become our problem because it is causing friction within, within the old houses. We might have to find out where this decoction is coming from figure out uh, how it's made or, or who is who is supplying it and shut the whole operation down. Yeah, I, um, I think especially if it smacks of, um, I think especially if it smacks of an old threat of an old, if, if it, um, uh, I remember, I'm thinking of the first Bluecoats case that Judd ran, um, which was the ghoul case. And it was, you know, somebody found this drug that turned out to be the way the uh, emperor uh, gained his immortality and it had been gone for a long time. No one had seen it for a long time, you know, for at least a hundred years, uh, uh, as last time it was seen and, um, and, uh, it sort of cropped back up again. I like the idea of some, uh, something that's cropped up that, that is reminiscent some, of some echoed threat. Yeah. Of an old threat that we had to put down once before. And that's why Bataglia will, you know, whether it's some undead monsters or whether, you know, whatever, whatever it, it, it's causing, but it, it's, yeah. Okay. That. Yeah. I think, I think this is speaking silver. I think this is, um, this is a, a, a thing that is now thought of as kind of like a recreational oddity. It's um, almost like a, a mercury that is kind of poured out into, into a vessel and then uh, the fumes are inhaled and it sounds as though you are getting um, messages uh, from the from the weave from the spirit realm. Um, what's really happening is uh, this is this might be um, an old like uh, an old process derived from the jewel cities that the dread emperor uses like a communications network. Nice. Um, we can monkey with that. I'll have I'll have a dossier ready for you by uh, by game time. Sounds good. Um, okay, so we're going to find out why speaking silver is now becoming a um, becoming a problem in Ilria. Yeah, why why people are having such strange reactions to it? Okay, so we have that. We have to apologize to Cipriana. We're charged with discovering the source of the knack who woke the ghouls on the Necropolitan Hill. And there's something hunting through the arbor, and the mercies can't take it out on their own. So they're asking for House Batalia's help. Love it. That's, that's the situation when we start. Everybody else has their own wheeling and dealing that they're trying to take care of. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a tense Primavera and Ilrian this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, from from you know, as as from the player's perspective, uh, I presume you're going to say, "Hey, Retin, hey, Coterie." 
uh, here's here's problems that we have and these are what we want you to resolve obviously you can't do them all um so we pick one that we're going to pursue and the others kind of hang out get worse get so, handled by somebody else yeah um you get three errands per season uh, okay. i i've now got a got a rule of thumb that uh that I always give you at least four problems every season. Right. Um, and this is of course, before any kind of in, um, entanglements or anything like that come of these particular sure, uh, sure, sure. Uh, So we're gonna build a lot of fiction kind of upfront. Um, this is all happening. Like none of this, none of this will stop. If it right. doesn't seem to, it has, like it will have natural outcomes that, uh, that come of that. Sure. If we continue to let the vampiric were leopard hunt through the arbor, um, it's going to be, it's going to be bad. Uh, right. The arbor may not have uh, the ability to feed the, the city. Um, it may not be, we, we may have a lockdown in the city or anything like that. Like it, there will, there will be fictional things, but we also have a, um, a retinue of courtiers. So we could send our retinue of courtiers out to go deal with this with an engagement role, sort of like Band of Blades, mm -hmm. um, wherein bad things might happen to them, good things might happen, uh, but it's all gonna come down to a single role to see how it, how it goes, so it's risky. Uh, but all of this, all of this is, all of this is on your plate, how much of it you manage to deal with in three errands, uh, three engagement roles, um, basically determines how many dice you will be rolling between seasons to advance the house. Got it. Makes and that's GM's turn. Cool, cool. Awesome. Well, I look forward to forgetting all of this and, uh, promise and then, to be surprised. Yeah, I definitely will be. I mean, I remember that. about 20% of it right now and we just did it. So don't worry by next week, it, it, it will be flushed. Um, yeah. Um, I'm excited. Well, thanks so much, Sean, for hanging out with me and, uh, walking me through all this. Uh, Luke, thanks for hanging out with us in chat and throwing ideas our way. Uh, this is a good times. Um, I'm, I look forward to seeing how uh, these things kind of play out. Uh, you know, how, it's, it, it'll be fun to see whether at some point I go, oh yeah, that's what that you like. Because the way the the, the 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 actual problem and the front facing of the problems always look different, right? Like we don't, we're not going to hear about exactly what's going to go on. We're going to hear about the symptoms of it. So I'm looking forward exactly, to that. and that's the idea. Because now, like you guys anybody watching can see that we basically rolled like 30 dice um, yeah. and we've got, we've got an entire city full of problems and people are conniving and coming at things from both sides and directions. And it's, uh, it's, it's just a big noodle salad of problems right now, yep. but uh, it didn't take much. It did, just took a little bit of making connections and being pattern recognizers. Right. Yeah. Um, and now we've got this cool playground that is going to, have these reactive problems and it didn't take us well it took us an hour this time because we had to kind of kind of walk through yeah. we, we were we i was also slowing us down by just asking a lot of questions and, no and questions never slow things down questions always make things better yeah they, but they but they do slow things down <laughs> they, okay. they make they, they do both that's true. that's true but uh yeah, excellent. Well, uh folks, I hope you come and join us next week while we play Court of Blades. Uh, we play next Monday. So yes. All right. Take care all. Thanks. Well, we know what House Pataglia is in for, and it's not good.
Hope you enjoyed this GM's turn with Drake and I, and we will come back next time with the following episodes as our intrepid heroes uh, struggle through all these uh, machinations. Uh, See you then.